the first thing we have to do with every podcast when we introduce a new guest is find out how it is that you discovered photography and how old you were, why you got into photography in the first place. I think photography has probably always been there, kind of like uh, my family. Uh, well, they took a lot of pictures doing, you know, family holidays. And I remember kind of like being six or seven and running around in the beach and just sort of like grabbing my auntie's point and shoot and, you know, disposable cameras and just go around and take pictures of wherever I found it. And she would be mad because I would have used all the disposable camera <laughs> and she couldn't take any more pictures. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember that it's kind of like one of the best memories I've had of photography. And then obviously after that um, I got into photography a bit more seriously when I was about 14. I sort of got my camera um, and I was doing digital at the time. And I just, you know, it, it was in a way interesting to me, but I sort of tried as I started to put on the effort of trying to learn about composition, trying to learn about all the different aspects of photography, color, then I found out that there was this thing called film that I had never touched since, you know, I was six or seven. And so I was interested and I started buying like a lot of different cameras, like cheap cameras, shooting expired film, shooting whatever it was um, at the time. I wasn't into watching film, watching videos on YouTube and watching, just uh, getting into the community. Let's just put it this way. I did things like probably I did too many mistakes, but I was just doing it on my own. And then I would say that probably when I got into film school, I seriously pursued photography, both uh, digital and film, more into film. And then for the last five years, I've been doing exclusively film. Not that I have anything against digital, but it's just kind of like how I feel comfortable doing photography. In an age of digital photography, how, how is it that you maintain yourself as a film photographer? Obviously, film is more expensive to, to keep going with. Obviously, mm -hmm. the initial purchase of digital photography is expensive, but moving on, there's not many additional costs. Whereas with film photography, there's a constant upkeep because you have to pay for the film. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain yourself as a film photographer? Do you, do you mind that cost? Is, is the, uh, the, the benefit of film worth the cost? Mm. I feel like, um, I believe in this in life, whatever you consider an investment, whatever is rewarding to you and makes you feel fulfilled in a way, whatever activity that might be, you should invest on it. And to me, film photography, I don't mind the cost just because I find it very rewarding. Um, I feel like film is challenging in many ways and you learn with other people, you learn with the camera that you're shooting, you learn with yourself. You learn. We have so many possibilities of getting knowledge out of it and the fact that it's rewarding to see that you just took a picture, you don't know how it's going to come out and then you get like the results and sometimes it might be bad but hey, sometimes it might be really cool and I feel like given this and the possibilities, the enormous possibilities of creating something with film, I don't mind at all paying for the costs of maintaining film. So to talk about your work then, how would you define your style of photography? Um, well, I feel like I'm still in the work of it. Um, I feel like my style of photography kind of emulates what I've been developing as a writer and as a well, wannabe filmmaker, I would say at some point I will be one, but because um, I'm currently studying still. So um, I feel like it all mimics uh, 
three or four main ideas which have always been present in my life, which is the question of identity, uh, passage of time, uh, the question of probably being lost and trying to figure out what to do in the world, trying. It's more like um, questions to do with existentialism. I would pursue, probably pursue photography that way, and I do it. I feel like if you look at a lot of my photos, I tend not to be too close to people. I tend, I tend to frame it in the space. And I do a lot of work with composition in terms of like landscapes. I'm fascinated uh, for landscape photography. You know, uh, I feel like there's the fact that you can get emotions out of a place and it, it's far more interesting to me as a photographer. Obviously, I'm not saying this in general terms, but to me as a photographer, then photographing people. I like to photograph people if I know them very well, because I like to be true to them. As in, I probably uh, photographed in the last six months two friends of mine that I know. So I know exactly how to capture them. I know exactly that if I looked at the photo, I would see who they were. And that's the thing when you photograph strangers, it's kind of like a talent that people sort of don't really talk about or probably just don't pay too much attention to it. But it's, it is a really a, a talent to be able to capture the nature of strangers. And I feel like probably uh, I would say that I'm a bit more gifted in doing landscape than actually photographing people. Um, but yeah, I do feel that my photography relates a lot with it, existentialism and loneliness and all sorts of, you know, probably more psychological questions, I would say. Well, there seems to be two types of photographers, generally speaking, ones that are very technically focused and others that are much more focused on expression of themselves through the medium. And you seem to fall very much into the second category. Mm -hmm. Do you think that focusing too much on technical aspects of photography is a waste? I can see why people do it. I respect that. Uh, but like you mentioned, I do fall a lot in the second category of people. Um, I feel like there's absolutely no harm in being technical and studying the technicalities of photography. I myself have been for years studying formal aspects of photography, but I feel like um, art in itself is an, a way of expression. And I feel like sometimes if we fall into the formalities, we won't be able to express ourselves fully. I've come to that conclusion with my own work. Obviously, this does not fit everyone because everyone is different and everyone has their own needs as and, and ways to express themselves as a photographer. But I do believe that uh, it is not a waste if it suits your style. For me personally, I would, uh, I kind of like, um, don't pay too much attention to it most of the time. I think people would be surprised that sometimes when I'm shooting, I'm only carrying probably my camera and a roll of film in the back of my, you know, in a pocket or something. And I don't use light meters or anything. I just go with the flow kind of. So, yeah. You've obviously got this YouTube channel and you create a fantastic array of, of videos, not only doing things that compare film stocks, but talking about influences, motivation and so on. What was it that made you start the YouTube channel in the first place? Well, um, I obviously uh, have been watching YouTube for a couple of years now. Um, I was familiar with mainly three People obviously, I watch a lot more, but I was familiar with the work of Nick Carver, Jason from Grainy Days, and Matt Day, 
And I've always been very inspired to, you know, push myself through their videos. So when I, and I was a very shy person before, and I never thought I would probably create a YouTube channel. Um, and I did it, I think six months ago or something like that. And, um, it's been a crazy journey and I feel like, uh, in a way it has helped me a lot. And in a way I felt like I needed to create it in order to sort of express myself because I feel like I had something to say that could help people that could contribute to what other people are putting out there because I'm not too much on, you know, I'm my knowledge on gear is not that, you know, big, but I do have, I am knowledgeable in other things that if I share, it might be helpful to other people. So I guess that the moral of the story is that I created my channel because I felt that my voice had something interesting in it for people to hear. And yeah, I guess that it went well so far and I'm quite pleased with it. I don't know if this answers your question, but yeah, I kind of. Oh, absolutely. It does. Um, is it something that you want to be seen as an authority on photography? Uh, not, not necessarily. I do say to people in most of my videos, you know, I'm no, I have no formal degrees in terms of teaching or anything. I just feel like, uh, I am a person who was sort of like my education has always been for um, letting other people like be patient and be respectful and give other people their sort of um, voice, uh, let them express themselves, express yourself, you know. And I felt like um, I don't want to be an authority because I feel like nobody should be an authority. I feel like it. I'm a dreamer by nature, so I'd say that possibly the ideal is for everyone to chip in, you know, sort of like share their, their, you know, their photography, their knowledge and, you know, help one another. And so my goal is never to be an authority, but more like a helping hand, I would say. In a general sense, what do you think YouTube's effect on photography has been? Do you think it's been a positive experience um, or do you think it's something that can sometimes inhibit growth? Uh, in general or in my work personally? I would say in general. Well, I feel like in general, YouTube, uh, especially when you go back a couple of years, um, when film photography was probably something more of an underground thing and not so trendy as it is right now, um, it obviously is always a niche sort of um, matter sort of thing. But, um, I would say that YouTube has helped a lot of people, not just, um, for the fact that a lot of creators, um, share knowledge, share tips, and that can be helpful. I mean, I learned how to develop film through YouTube. I learned, you know, just the basics of film through YouTube. Obviously I had a formal teaching of it, but that was even before I had the formal teaching. So YouTube can be seen as, I feel like a really good platform for people that are looking for to know more about film, for people that are looking to express themselves creatively and artistically speaking. So I feel like generally it has a good impact. It has a great impact. I think the possible downside would be the fact that certain cameras um, might be considered holy grails and might be put sort of like the, the price is kind of like inflated in a way. And that can kind of like introduce people to the wrong idea that you need to have that 
specific camera, whether it is, for instance, like a Mami RZ or, you know, just a, a Pentax 67 in order to be a good photographer. Obviously, this is not a general thing because a lot of people do know that you can do a lot with, you know, cheaper cameras and more affordable cameras. But I feel like because certain cameras are so, in a way, hyped that people fall into this idea that they need to have certain tools to be able to be good. And that is not a fact because, you know, history and a lot of photographers have proven that you can be as good with just, you know, the little that you have. And I think that possibly the only downside I see in YouTube is that obviously not YouTube as a platform, but, you know, just the fact that, again, you see those same cameras everywhere and then people get introduced to this idea. You've mentioned the resurgence of film there. What do you put that resurgence down to? Why has film become popular again? I think I have a good idea because I feel like I'm a I'm from a generation, obviously a millennial generation Z, whatever you want to call it. But um, I feel like we've we as young people, uh, me included, um, we've been given everything in a sort of platter. You've been given digital, you've been given things like phones and, you know, you don't have, you didn't, didn't have to rush around libraries to get knowledge, to get, you know, you type on your phone, uh, you know, a name of a camera that you want to know something about and boom, that it is in a split of a second. And I feel like because our generation has so many things that were easy to get, we kind of like tend to go and see what can be challenging to us. To me, I personally, when I came across film photography at first, I took it because it was a challenge to me. I, at a point, at a point, at that point in time specifically, I had been shooting, but it was just easy in a way, you know, that I had a camera that could do, well, pretty much 80% of the job or probably all the job if I wanted to, if I put it set on all auto mode. And I was looking for something that could be challenging to me. And I feel like the younger generation is kind of like, we like challenges. And I feel like that might be it um, because you do see a lot of YouTubers now that, well, film photography channels. Um, there are a lot of young people into it. And I kind of like get this idea that people are fascinated by uh, photography at first because it's something that is unknown and something that is seen, perceived as probably being difficult. And so we like to kind of break it down, what's difficult and what's complex, I personally do. And at the end of the day, you just realize that it's not difficult at all. It's just, you know, a different way of shooting and you kind of like fall in love with it and boom, that's it. You're into the film photography world and you cannot go back <laughs> when you kind of like realize it. But yeah, I feel like it might be due to the challenge that film photography represents at first, especially like you mentioned, you come from a digital world or more like you're more familiar with digital. So for you, I feel like it is kind of like a different thing and people are attracted to that because it's different. So I feel like that might be where it lands, I'd say. One of my favorite parts about your YouTube channel has been the couple of videos that you've done on female film photographers. I think it's, hopefully it's a series that you continue because it's very interesting. What was it that made you want to do that? Well, actually, um, I listen to podcasts and quite a lot. And I had been listening to this podcast about um, Polly Platt. 
I'm not sure if you're familiar. Basically, Polly Platt was a the wife of Peter Bogdanovich, a very famous filmmaker. And she, because she was a woman in Hollywood producing films and editing films and whatnot, well, she didn't edit them, but she had quite a lot of like an array of roles within the creative um, side of film, creating films. Mm -hmm. And so, and she had been put down for so long um, in during many events in of her life, uh, creatively speaking, because she was a woman. And I listened to that podcast and it's a really good podcast, by the way, it's called, uh, you must remember this. And it's a podcast about film for, so if you have anybody interested in, you know, knowing more bit about the history of film, it's a really good podcast. And I, uh, recommend that, but yeah, getting to back to the point, I listened to that podcast and it really touched me the fact that I realized that I have a platform and I could do something that would sort of showcase the work that female photographers, in this case, obviously, including the photography side and showcase the female photographers work and probably, you know, get some people's work there as well. My goal with this series is to eventually dive into the present or contemporary photographers and showcase the work of um, a lot of women. And, you know, I was sort of touched by the fact that uh, Polly Platt in her life story um, had her voice shut because she was a woman. And I I thought that given YouTube as a platform, I could create something that would sort of showcase women's voices as creative artists. And that's kind of like how I started sort of uh, writing down an idea on notebook. How can I put this together? And then I decided to come up with a couple of names for the first episode. And then I did the second one and hopefully will be a third one and a fourth. And, you know, as long as I can do it, I will try and do it at my, at my best. So, yeah. It's definitely a fascinating, um, a fascinating watch, and I would definitely recommend people go on um, YouTube and check that out. Let's talk about being a female photographer. Obviously, something that I'm not experienced in. What are the pros and cons of being a female photographer? Ooh, that is a tricky question because I was, I might say that I was raised in a way where I was taught not to look at um, race, gender, you know anything that can distinguish people in terms of like, you know, so for me as a photographer, I don't tend to look at things as in like me being a female photographer. I feel like photographers are photographers regardless of gender, as much as you're a human, regardless of gender, as much as you're a creative person, you know, regardless of gender. I personally, you know, have been shooting film, been shooting, you know, I've been doing my thing and I've never kind of gotten, uh, let's say shut down in a way because I was, you know, a female photographer, um, because I always put forward the idea of community in a way. I feel like regardless of our differences, we all need to, we all are part of a community and it's quite old fashioned to think that there should be a distinguished, well, there sh- there's a disti- distinction between men and women. It's not, you know, it's something that is not even conce- conceivable to me. It was, and like I said, I've been raised to believe in 
like it's again it's part of my core beliefs that I should never look at uh, I should look at the person as in like who's in front of me or is talking to me uh, like you are now we're doing this and you know not judge you by any means not preconceive ideas not do you know absolutely anything and just get to know you by for who you are so that has affected my professional sort of level personal level whatever it is in my life i try and apply that ideology and i'm very grateful to sort of being raised in a, in a, such a sort of ideology <laughs> again to repeat myself but it is really um, I've never experienced like any stigma or anything. Um, and if I eventually do, I will completely disregard it because, you know, at the end of the day, my freedom is my freedom. And I am very, very grateful for that. And I will respect other people's, you know, choices and views. But, you know, obviously I will not comply to any sort of views like that. I don't know if this sounds a bit confusing, but I was kind of improvising. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm it's completely fine. But what I would say is from, from my very small window to the world and the photographers that I've spoken mm -hmm. to and that I've worked with over the years is that the pros mm -hmm. for men and women um, for themselves mm -hmm. individually tend to come from internal source and the, the negatives tend to come from external. So for example, mm -hmm. I feel like men tend to be much more technically minded, much more gear focused and female photographers oh, seem to be right. so much better at focusing mm -hmm. on the psychology and the emotion of an image. And mm -hmm. that's obviously not a hard and fast rule, but that does tend to, in my small window to the world, as I say, that tends to be the way I see it. And the negatives seem to come from the way that you're viewed from the outside. And that does, in fact, go both ways. Obviously, I think that quite often people will view a female photographer as a female photographer and not just as a photographer, which is obviously bullshit to do that. That's incredibly mm -hmm. demeaning. And yeah, I think yeah. there are times that people will view, like, the reason a man gets into photography, if they photograph women, they might view the reason that he's got into photography as being a nefarious or a bad reason when it might not be at all. So I feel like there's there's negative external views of everything. I, th I think the most important thing, like you said there, is just being viewed, viewed as a photographer, right? Not as a, as a female Absolutely. photographer. I've been to film school and it wasn't exactly your typical, you know, approach. It was very author-minded, sort of. And I never felt that there was probably again because you know i'm lucky in a way but i do get the sense of what you're saying <clears throat> i feel like over the years women have been discredited um not just in photography but in many many you know areas my primary area would be film and i know that for years and years uh, women have been sort of not given the power and the voice to express themselves because of their gender but, you know, in film school, I've always had the approach of my teachers as well and the support that I sort of needed as a creator. And that's why I can see where you're coming from. But possibly because I'm also too young in a way, I wouldn't, um, I would agree with exactly everything that you said, but I've uh, probably been lucky enough not to experience the um, sort of diminishing look of women photographing, uh, if that makes sense. 100%. I know that it has been because 
I can say that I'm again, that's why I, you know, you know, the, the word, the sort of the sentence of counting your blessings. And one of my blessings is that even from my family to my, you know, distant friends, to my teachers, you know, especially, um, in film school and all that, I was always supported in a way, creatively speaking. And I was always the person that's sort of, you know, if you're going to say something because I'm a woman, then, you know, I'm completely disregard that because that's not even a, a sort of, how should I put it, a valid uh, argument. And so, you know, again, um, I was, I've been very lucky that I had this support and I never had to go through with rough times like that. Uh, but that's why uh, I appreciate that women that went through with it, through it, in the past and have suffered so much, uh, with it because they couldn't express themselves creatively. Um, I, I appreciate that they still did it. And that's why, for instance, with the female film photographers series, I appreciate every single thing that I put there because I feel like these were people that were, weren't as fortunate as we are today. Women, I mean, obviously speaking in a female perspective, of course, this might not be everybody's perspectives because we all have different backgrounds. We all have different supports. We all have different lives. And I still know that there's things today happening in the industry where you're put down because you're, you your gender. And unfortunately, you know, that happens. And, you know, if that one day happens to me, well, I will have to deal with it. Um, and I'll have to learn how to deal with it. Um, but I feel like now, again, it's been a blessing in a way that probably because of these women that worked so hard in the past, I've not been able to experience that much stigma. And I, that's why one of the core reasons why I also did the series was because in a way it's just kind of like saying thank you for what you did that you kind of like, you know, let like people like me today to be able to shoot and do their thing with probably not being, you know, given the second look just because of my gender. So I feel like it's a thank you to all the female photographers that have put so much hard work into it, into getting us recognized in a way. Amazing. Now YouTube is notorious for its incredibly visceral comment section and people being usually less than complimentary <laughs> at the best of times. How much do you use the feedback that you get on YouTube to influence the videos that you make in future? Oh, um, well, I actually urge people to comment on my videos, whatever it is that they want, because I feel like I want to create a place on YouTube where it's an, a true community. You know, you write down uh, for instance, the other day, somebody wrote down, um, why don't you do a video about how photography influenced, um, ad agencies in the sixties. And so I'm working on it and I take actually print print screens of, uh, you know, comments so that I will keep it on my folder on my phone with ideas. And I try to incorporate that because I feel like, um, people shouldn't just you're not there just to be seen and then, you know, people have to see you and then that's it. 
I feel like it should be a sort of growth, uh, uh, growth together in a way. Like we should grow together with one another, you as a viewer and me as, you know, putting the videos. I feel like you as much of us as a right of having your voice as I do. And I like to include that in my videos. I like to take ideas. I like to reply to people. I try as much as I can to reply to everyone. And regarding uh, probably, you know, dislikes and uh, probably comments there are kind of like, you know, not very nice. Do you know, are you familiar with uh, Gone with the Wind? Yes. There is this particular f scene where uh, Clark Gable says to her, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And that's what <laughs> I do with those comments. If you're going to spread negativity, I don't give a damn. I don't care. You know, but the other day, actually, I had someone very upset with me because I had a series called female film photographers. And I had another series called photographer, film photographers, you should know where, and I put three episodes of this series on YouTube and I had so far just put, you know, male photographers there. I actually have two more episodes ready and both of them have women photographers, but this person was really upset because I had this, uh, gender, di gender division. And so you know, I could have just deleted the comment and I'm not going to deal with it, but I didn't do it. I took the time to reply to this person. I took the time to make sure that this, her voice was heard and that I was there to kind of like let her know that, you know, um, her point was, you know, valid in her way. Um, I could hear and understand what she was saying. And then I had something to say as well. And then we ended up like finding common ground. And it was a very constructive comment. You know, it was like, it started like probably in a bit of a bad way, but it ended up like being a very good situation. And I like to, to be like that with people. I like to kind of like give them the freedom to express themselves. So if you have something that is not so positive, but can be constructive, I will take it on board. If not, and if you're going to probably, you know, just say something that doesn't even make sense, well, then I don't give a damn. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, the last few months have obviously been incredibly difficult for everybody with the pandemic and, and the sort of wave after wave of disasters around the world and all sorts of problems going on. I think a particularly difficult time for creatives in the sense that they're being kind of cooped up in their house. They're not getting out and doing things that they would normally go and do. In terms of like your mental health maintenance, how are you keeping yourself? Because you're obviously a wonderfully positive person. How are you keeping yourself positive during an extremely difficult and sort of challenging time? <laughs> um, well, I, I was actually, I was never, well, this was a change that I had to do it in myself. Like I used to be a very negative person, I would say when I was much, much younger. And this is probably very personal, but I feel like because I had actually, I have an experience of going through a really, let's say difficult situation in terms of my health. And I was put in a position where I had to contemplate my life in a way, not to sound very cliche or, you know, dramatic, but that really made me change my approach and my mentality. And I am forever grateful for that probably week or so where I couldn't leave my bed because that really, really changed me. And it gave me the strength and endurance to, you know, whatever would life would bring on 
you know, like pandemics and whatever it is, you will have to stay positive. You will have to be strong. And that's kind of like my mindset. For instance, I live by myself. So being for three months on lockdown was kind of hard, but you know, I mean, I blasted some music. I tried to be positive. I danced around my house and, you know, probably my neighbors thought I was crazy, but Hey, you got to do what you got to do. And the basic thing is you need to keep afloat. And again, going through a really rough, rough experience has led me to make some positive changes in my, with myself, like the way I think, the way I structure my life and the way I look at things. Um, for instance, I can tell you that possibly I would say, let's say seven years ago, uh, I would probably take this time and I would be like absolutely depressive. I would be like, oh my God, I'm not really able to create anything. I'm not going to be able to do any videos. I'm not going to be able to shoot. But you know, I, I feel like you're not helping yourself and you're not helping other people. And I felt like during the pandemic or well, during the lockdown, I put a lot of videos because I also wanted to show people that it doesn't matter what you, you what you've got coming, you need to stay afloat and you need to stay positive. And that's probably one of the, let's say biggest uh, messages I want to send with my YouTube channel, which is, which is just be yourself and be positive. You know, if things don't go right one day, there's always tomorrow. You know, uh, it's kind of like the way we need to live life because if you're going to be a very negative person, you're going to attract negativity onto your life and onto you. And that is, well, well, that will, won't help you in any way, especially if you're a creative person, not that you need to be specifically positive hundred percent of the time, but you need to remain at, you know, at a stage, well, at a sort of mindset where you can be creative. You need to be in a sort of equilibrated, let's just put it this way, mindset. And that's the most important thing. And I feel like a lot of people do disregard mental health still. And I feel like because, again, I've been affected in the past and that has contributed positively with me, I could do the same for other people. And so I feel like doesn't matter, you know, if there's a third world war, I mean, just, you know, grab your camera, shoot where you can and then run, but still do it <laughs> in a way. <laughs> um, before we started the podcast, we had a brief chat and one of the, one of the subjects we covered was sort of Instagram and more specifically people's kind of focus on numbers and followers and, and algorithms and so on. Uh, with all that said, do, do you feel like Instagram is a particularly positive influence on the photographic community at the moment? I feel like at the moment, I would say it's 50-50 because people just pursue, uh, well, we'll start with the bad ones then, we'll, with the bad side of it. I feel like people look and people seek, that's why I said to you before, people seek a lot of approval these days, a lot of validation. And that validation should come from you. If you feel that is right for you, if you feel fulfilled, if you feel that makes you happy, even if it's cringe and whatever the words that people come up with it now, just, you know, who cares? I mean, you know, if I put a, a photo that, you know, doesn't get as many likes or whatnot, I, I, you know, it's my photo. I like it. I'm going to put it. It's my feed. It's my thing. You know, 
you shouldn't care about numbers. You should, because at the end of the day, that's what they are. It's numbers, you know? And if you have like 200,000 thum thumbs up, so what, you know, it's, you need to be comfortable in your skin. And for instance, social media these days kind of like promotes people to uh, build up layers and to sort of have multiple skins in a way, in the sense, obviously the word, uh, but, and I feel that's not correct. I feel like uh, also, uh, you know, people tend to be mean in a way, like sending messages to, to one another. Uh, I've gotten a few messages that are not nice, but you know, like I said, it's just, you know, it depends as well on, on the character of the person. And if you're not a, an educated person, if you're not a, if you don't have, um, let's say, good values and good manners, well, they will always show in whatever you do in life. And I feel like I never take in consideration that. And so, again, it's probably like, I'm probably going to sound really confusing now, but like what I meant is like, well, there's one downside to the, the seeking of approval and there's another downside, which is the people that, you know, misuse uh, the tools that were given and that's always going to happen no, no matter what and I would say obviously there's a good side of social media such as Instagram um, for instance we're doing a live which is going to go up today Sunday and um, we met all through Instagram we'll be talking and that's a really positive thing because we are going to encourage people to come and join us to ask questions, to, you know, whatever it is to, that you have to learn. Uh, I just urge them not to ask me about gear because I'm honestly a knobhead with that. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but other than that, I, I like that this is a good side of it, that you get to, you know, know other people's work, you get to be inspired by other people's work. And frankly, it's the same with YouTube. Like, because YouTube, in a sense, YouTube is kind of like a social media because you also have the likes, you also have the comments and shares, but it promotes self-expression and it promotes um, education, especially, I mean, I've seen photograph certain photographers and their work, and I'm completely amazed. And that pushes me into knowing more, into probably talking with them, into kind of understanding how they did it, or, you know, kind of trying to push myself to, not to copy, obviously, but kind of like, what can I learn with this photo? And also, one thing that I'd like to say, and I've said this, I've said this on my Q&A, which is for people to, again, to be very open. I feel like as an artist, as a creator, as a person, you need to be open. You need to have your filter kind of wide so that you can absorb the little details that things have, you know, life has in offer for you. And sometimes those details can be found or can be found on, you know, YouTube, Instagram, Tumblr, whatever it is. I feel like um, sometimes people are too narrow with the way they see things and that leads them to sort of miss out on things that are there to be sort of, you know, achieved. And in a way, sometimes those things, again, can be like a photo that you've shared on Instagram that I liked. And I sort of like thought, oh, this is a really nice composition. And I looked at your photo and I thought, how can I learn with it? Or for instance, another example is that you can look at someone's photo and you think, oh, but this is trash. But then 
It's kind of like, yeah, so, but how can this help me in a way? Give it a second look and think, okay, can this be helpful? And then probably, or sometimes you'll find that sometimes it is helpful to have a second look at things. So I feel like social media has its downsides, but it also has its good sides. So it's kind of like a 50-50, I would say. (laughs) If you were doing a little bit of self-reflection here, what would you say your worst habit is as a photographer? I sometimes think that I could do with a bit more confidence on my skills. Like as a photographer, I feel like sometimes I take too many shots or I stay for too long on a specific shot because I'm such a perfectionist and that affects everything that I do in life. And sometimes I repeat things, I mean, countless times just because I want to get it perfect. I'm kind of like obsessed with it. I've grown sort of out of it now as well, considering how I was before. Um, Because before I had this absolute obsession of being perfect at everything. Like every photo had to be perfect. Every word had to be perfect. And I carefully curated that. And it's a process. And I still think that possibly self-reflecting on my methods, I still need to let go of some of that uh, wanting of perfection because we're not perfect. And there's, there is no such thing as a perfect photo or perfect artwork because art is subjective. And so I feel like my worst enemy in a way is my own obsession with perfection, but I will eventually get out of it. I swear. I mean, I've promised myself that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My last question for you, and then I'll let you go because you've obviously got a lot of talking about photography to do today. Are you someone that feels it's a good idea to have long-term goals, say like a five-year plan or a three-year plan with your photography or your YouTube or anything like that? Or are you someone that obviously given current circumstances, are you much more interested in just kind of getting through what we're getting through before thinking about the next step? I am a planner by nature. I mean, you know, I probably have plans that think, yeah, when I get to be 70, I'll do that. I'm sure of it, but, um, I am a planner by nature and I do plan a lot of things. I have so many goals professionally that I would say probably one of my worst things is that I plan too much and I get worried because I feel like, what if I don't reach it in six months? What if I don't do it in, you know, and I feel like I failed in a way. Um, and that is sometimes it brings you a lot of negativity because it's, you put a lot of pressure in yourself, but I some somewhat like with YouTube and professionally, I've grown to accept that failing is okay. And I shouldn't be afraid of failing. So obviously I have things planned on YouTube to have more videos, but eventually if I cannot post for two weeks, a month or whatnot, it's okay. I I mean, you know, what can happen, you know, I mean, there's a pandemic out there, so what can be worse than that? But um, in a way, I feel like I do have things planned, but if it doesn't go according to plan, it's okay. Because at the end of the day, we're not perfect. We are entitled to make mistakes, whatever those mistakes are. Well, finding your YouTube channel has been uh, fantastic for me. I think YouTube's got me through a lot of things over the course of this lockdown period. 
Um, you're actually fast becoming one of my absolute favorite people to watch videos. I'm currently going through the backlog and, and churning away with all of my downtime. I'm so relieved to find as well that you are obviously such a wonderful person as well as being such a fantastic photographer and um, person on YouTube. Oh, thank you. It's it's not always the most common thing in the world that, that you know, you meet people whose work you really idolize and you really um, appreciate what they do. And then you meet them and maybe they're not always the nicest people. Or they're not what you expect, but you're absolutely wonderful. So it's been great to talk to you. I want to make sure as many people as possible can go and find your YouTube channel, can go and find all of your work. So can you please just tell everybody where they should go to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, you can find me on YouTube. You just type in T Hopper. So that will be obviously my name is Tatiana, but you know, people call me by T, Tat, whatever it is that comes to their head. So I just put on my YouTube T Hopper. So you can go and check that uh, on Instagram. Same thing. And I have no other social media because I'm still in the process of going. I mean, I'm not like the most sociable person when it comes to social media. I've just been recently, I think two years ago, I just created uh, Instagram and all of that. But yeah, you can find me those places. And uh, you, if you have anything to say or you want to share something, you can also do it. If I don't reply straight away, don't be mad. I will eventually find time <laughs> to do it. <laughs> the, I think that's kind of like, yeah, where you can find me. Well, I'm going to put you up there with my favorite people that are on YouTube right now, and everyone needs to go and immediately start following you and enjoying your videos. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Well, it's okay. No problem at all. I mean, I also want to thank you for doing, like for doing the podcast, obviously, um, for taking your time and to obviously chat with me and other people that you've included in your other episodes. I feel like it's a great cause in a way, um, and it's a great uh opportunity as well for people to get to know us and not just me but you as well and for people to share you know first to share knowledge and yeah i feel like it's a great platform so i also want to thank you for that because i think it's pretty cool
Ich bin 